Blog Talk Radio. the Frontier Beyond Fear live broadcast and also to those of you listening in the future to the podcast. I am Susan Larison Dans and today is Saturday, August 20th, 2022. And today I had originally gone back and forth on the title, whether to say spirituality is vitality my first instinct or the gentler spirituality and vitality and yes you will see that i opted for is because the truth of the matter and we far too often soften this is spirituality is life Spirituality is breath. Spirituality is source, the source of all things, of life itself, and yes, of that feeling of being alive, which is vitality, which applies both to our lives independently and also to a society. And it is our responsibility, those of us who are awake and know, to offer important reminders as to why our active, conscious, spiritual development in our lives and our world is absolutely vital to our present and to our future. Even when you don't have an awareness or in denial of spirituality, it doesn't take away the fact that it is real. And we at our peril continue to play along with the denial, which I will not do. Because I know that our path ahead to be the most, well, to actually have a path ahead in this world, because we are in tremendous jeopardy in the world at this time, the path ahead relies on those of us who are awake actively talking about why spirituality is so important instead of letting so-called skeptics or rationalists, as they like to call themselves, although it's not rational, dominate the conversation. 
And this applies to everything in life. And I know that there are those of you listening in different parts of the world. So you have different ways of approaching spirituality, wherever you may be. I'm coming from the U.S. and I'm seeing tremendous dysfunction in our society. And let's be clear, spirituality, the source of spirituality is love. The lack of spirituality is often fear. And we can play lip service to spirituality. We can pretend or, um, you know, advocate for hate and claim to be spiritual. But the two are at odds with one another. And let's be also very clear that there is a lot of hatefulness right now and not all in one place. There's a reason why love your neighbor is important. You may not like your neighbor for some reason. You may not agree with your neighbor. But we are called to love our neighbor. And I was almost going to name the show that. I thought of many different titles for today. It might have been The Golden Rule which I claim I will do a show associated with this at one time, as to how we treat one another. We never want to be in a place where we are engaged in any form of cruelty. And although people are very tempted throughout history, By vengeance, it doesn't work. And in fact, there's a Martin Luther King quote I was going to have ready, and I actually don't because I wasn't sure I was going to go down this path today. Let's see if I can find it here on the fly as we talk. You see, the path of conflict doesn't really work. And Martin Luther King knew this. People like Gandhi knew this. When we speak of loving our neighbors in the Bible or in other sources, this is the higher path. It doesn't mean that you turn a blind eye to cruelty, and to other horrible things. You don't. But you also watch your own heart, and you align your heart with love, and you look for the deeper way, the higher way. If we cared about spiritual development in our societies today, We would not be having any of these issues. We wouldn't all be the same. It's not about being the same. I'm going to jump around a little bit today because I saw something else that kind of bothered me, and I almost thought about doing a show on this, is you know that that on this program I have talked about 
um, how it certainly isn't fringe and it's something appropriate to think about the search for extraterrestrial life and considering what it would mean to survive as an extraterrestrial species or as ourselves. And as we have a tendency to look for technological life and think that that is advanced. And I happened in passing just yesterday, I happened to see something where people are talking more about, well, what about consciousness? And, you know, NASA is getting more and more involved in looking at um, the hardware of things. You know, maybe they're looking at, you know, what they call the UAPs or UFOs or what are these? How do we know that it even relates to extraterrestrial life? Because we really don't. Um, and, you know, what's going on there exactly? But at the center of this has to do, what does it mean to be advanced? What does it mean to mature? The irony of ironies, the way to mature is to become like a child in the sense of having that feeling of connection and vitality. You don't have to label it to have that sense of wonder, that fullness of heart, that openness, that innocence. That is a pathway into maturity. It's not going backwards. It's forwards. That space of trust, that space of faith, that space of feeling what is real, and yes, that space of miracles, because they do exist. Many of us have seen them in ways that are just so statistically impossible to describe. There's no way of even capturing how certain things can happen. In fact, once again today, in one of my small miracle categories, I opened right to a page, although I was looking for this author, but I hadn't realized there was a poem that was totally appropriate. And actually two, but I wasn't really looking at the one. And the author I was looking for was William Blake. And by the way, I did not find the Martin Luther King Jr. quote. I'll try to find it in a little bit. It didn't show up right away, but it basically has to do with um, vengeance not leading to good places and how we just never get to good places when we um, operate on hate. And there are some more famous quotes around this. This one isn't maybe quite as well known, but I'll see if I can't find it today, I'll find it um, before the next program. This one by William Blake, I just happened to see it was right in front of me on the page I opened to, and it's very short. It's called Eternity. And William Blake, by the way, lived from 1757 to 1827. Eternity. He who bends to himself a joy does the winged life destroy. But he who kisses the joy as it flies lives in eternity's sunrise. 
what a beautiful way of saying what I'm trying to capture here. That childlike wonder is the gateway, the irony of the maturity of a society and of a person is that you do become, in a way, like a child. Oh, you can have all of the other things going on as an adult. You could be well-studied in things. You might be an expert in something. Yeah, you may be speculating about any number of things. But in the midst of all of that, you find that space of wonder. If we continue down the path of elevating skepticism, we will not advance or will become something we do not want to be. There's such derision involved with skepticism, such such mockery. It's so disappointing to see because we can do so much better and we even want to do better deep down. We want this more than anything. How many scientists read science fantasy or fantasy novels or gamed or whatever? Down, there's a yearning for what that is. And what that is, is real. That's the amazing thing. And when you see it, You can demonstrate it and observe it and know it is real with all of your scientific faculties, everything that, with logic, even if it may seem like it defies logic, related to what's going on with this search for extraterrestrial life is, you know, really thinking about, well, what What's this connection? What is this consciousness? Is it a hive mind? I don't like that term, hive mind, because the spiritual world doesn't actually work like that. We are individual souls on a journey of growth, and I believe that's true on a society level and on a planetary level. We may be connected to everything, And there is omnipresent love flowing through all of us. The the very thing that sources life itself, we are connected to. And it flows through us, the energy of what that is, the personal nature of what that is. It's all the souls in their independent diversity and beauty It's that higher concept that we can't even define. But it's everything and everyone. Just look at one planet. Just look at one meadow and look at the diversity of life. Obviously, reality is not about uniformity or everyone acting the same or being the same. It's about the opposite, even while feeling the connection to one another. That is creation. 
What is creation anyway? What does an artist do? When you create something, like a work of art, you are creating something that comes from your unique self, from your own spirit of creation. That's why we're not all the same. And the notion of, oh, you know, some robotic hive mind, like, you know, everybody's going to just follow along and be uniform, that's contradictory to reality. All you have to do is look at the earth and see that. And it's not healthy. So let's, nor would that be advanced, by the way. There are so many things we have suppressed on this planet, the value of spiritual development. We have suppressed it. We have mocked it with derision. And that was a mistake. I don't know if we can recover from that mistake. It may take a miracle because we are not heading down a good path. And far too many people are lacking a center. Now, you can have a spiritual center without being spiritual, which is interesting. It does exist. No one is completely apart from that. And there have been people like, you know, Carl Sagan was an agnostic. I don't know how hostile he really was. I know his wife is quite um, quite a skeptic. and But I don't sense hostility in Carl Sagan towards ideas, because that's what that would be. Um, but you can feel within some of the things he's said and the energy around his work a center that is stronger than strict materialism. We have a responsibility. And I have to say that in my own life, I really mourn in a way that I wasn't I allowed myself, for example, even as a parent, to let the, the, the dominating educational culture and also some other factors suppress an expression of, of what was important. Without, but you don't want to push that kind of thing either. But it's a, it's a subtle balance because... Um, you know, within the educational realm today, there's none of this. There, there's only suppression and denial of spirituality. It's strictly materialistic, and we call that science, but it's not science because it's not open to truly exploring all of reality. And when it comes to behaving poorly towards our fellow human beings, there is no um, one way of thinking to which that is restricted because I am seeing a lot of hate expressed from pl- 
places that you shouldn't be seeing it. And I've talked about that before. And let's be clear, there are people who may pretend to really care about their fellow human beings and be really good at pretending they really only care about their own wealth or their own, you know, selfish interests. That, unfortunately, is far too common. When we don't emphasize the things that give not only ourselves vitality, real vitality, you know, there's no vitality in that. How do you think those people really feel? Maybe some of you have felt caught up in that. It's it's like living as a hypocrite. I mean, there's no joy in life in that way. There's there's a there's a hollow core, and it may look good on the outside, but what's going on on the inside? And there's so many situations where something may not look so great on the outside. You know, depending on what choices people have made, maybe they haven't pursued certain paths that would um, truthfully stress them out terribly with no hypocrisy involved. But maybe they've chosen a simpler path in life for their own well-being, not selfishly, but just so they can contribute to society in a more meaningful way. I know many people like that. I feel like I've taken that path. And, you know, it was almost like not having a choice to take that path because you're unwilling or unable to play that game of stress anymore. You can't play it anymore because you can see what's real. So we take a path, and of course none of us are perfect. We all are going to have our moments of stress and even certainly selfishness too. We're human beings. But we feel guided to a higher path, to something that's more meaningful in life, in whatever work we choose to do, and so forth. We far too often celebrate vacuous, empty things, or we celebrate the type of development that will lead to our ruin. When you look at... um, mankind's um, continual quest for the next great way to go invade somewhere, I'm sure, to protect themselves as well. That obviously was slamming right into a wall eventually. You can't live that way. That's the way of vengeance. That's the way of fear. That's the way of not doing the harder work of figuring out how to coexist. That's a selfish and um, harmful path. And it was true from the beginning. And sure, people were trying to protect themselves. It was survival mode. But we didn't learn. It's where when species don't mature and may not make it, they never come out of that, sadly. Or another area where we have erred. We have not properly paid attention to what is open and open to us in the realm of healing. And talk about selfishness getting in the way or greed. There's far too much of that, but it isn't just that. Where have we developed our skills and our awareness? I have 
seen and witnessed outright miracles, and so have many other people. I have experienced it myself. And sure, maybe there are certain, um, you know, my family line, for example, my grandfather was a, quite a, a, in his area, prominent and successful faith healer. Think people actually got healed. It worked. Now, it involves helping someone else to heal. It's not like a healer just heals. It's a cooperative process. And there's a mystery involved, too. So I don't know. I may be more spiritually inclined naturally just as an artist. You know, um, I saw another quote this week that really made me think about our individual talents and where it is we're called. And, you know, Mozart is an excellent example who practically, you know, was playing the piano at a very, very young age. I mean, incredible talent. And think about, you know, amazing artists or someone who just, you know, was a prodigy. And we all know people who have incredible talents. And yes, it is our every hope that whatever talent anyone on this planet has, just think of the waste of people who are suffering in places where there's never an opportunity to develop who that, what that talent is. But that doesn't take those talents away. I will never be a famous artist. I wasn't meant to be. I certain here's a good one for me. I was not destined to be an athlete, not by any stretch of the imagination. Each of us has a talent. My talent from early on was writing. And over time, more developed is becoming speaking, communicating, expressing. When I was young, it wasn't so easy to speak spontaneously like this. Although, in a way, perhaps I was doing it privately. There were some signs of it. Each of us has particular gifts and talents that we can bring into the world. That's part of our diversity. And the key is having a society where there is an opportunity where we can grow in such a way. And one of those areas, and we all, you know, just as we, we can all be artists, we can all develop our spirituality as well. We may, some people may be a bit more connected than others. In a Native American culture, that person may have been the shaman, even though, you know, everyone was participating in the community's spiritual life. This doesn't mean that you force some way of thinking on to other people. That's not what it's about. This is about opening up to the experience that is truthfully at the center of life itself and not shutting it down. Where we have made mistakes is we have shut it down. Where we have made mistakes is before we shut it down, it had been so skewed into something, it didn't even relate to spirituality. Cruelty is not spirituality. Burning witches at the stake, that's not spirituality. And the kind of horrible, horrible things 
that have occurred in our past. None of that is related to true love-based spirituality. There can be words to put to that spirituality that exists. This is why I wanted to do a program on the Golden Rule, how it arises so many times in different cultures. There was another poem I was actually looking um, by William Blake, but I'll interrupt for just a second since we're getting close to the end of the live show. Um, just want to thank those of you listening live. This program, for all of you listening, does air live on Blog Talk Radio every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. So, And I always do appreciate that Blog Talk Radio highlights the program on their homepage. Usually it's defined pretty close to when the program goes live. Um, within about an hour or so, because I'm never quite sure what I'm going to talk about. But if you go there or go to FrontierBeyondFear.com and click on, um, you know, anywhere where you go to Blog Talk Radio, right at the top, there's a link you can click on, and you can find the episode and listen live. Or, of course, it's on a few different podcast platforms as well. So thank you to those of you listening live today. I'll be continuing for a little while um, in the podcast. The poem that I was looking for was Auguries of Innocence by William Blake. And I am repeating some of these lines. And let me tell you, I had heard recently a reminder of this, and it's true. Repetition is great when it comes to any form of poetry. It's wonderful to hear some of these lines again because then they sink in more deeply. Just as I've explored 1 Corinthians 13 many times on this show, every time we look at something, it's going to go deeper and we'll remember it more. This poem, I will not, it's a long poem, so I won't read it all, by William Blake. To see a world in a grain of sand and a heaven in a wildflower. Hold infinity in the palm of your hand and eternity in an hour. There is so much in those four lines. You know, if we were actively exploring the science related to spirituality, we would be looking more closely at Linear versus nonlinear time. Eternity in an hour. Poem, or this aspect, what the lines I just read, talk to us about omnipresence. To see a world in a grain of sand and a heaven in a wildflower. Hold infinity in the palm of your hand and eternity in an hour. Let's see. There's another. Here we go. I just found this. Same poem, later in the poem. The Questioner. 
who sits so sly, shall never know how to reply. He who replies to words of doubt doth put the light of knowledge out. Wow. Jumping ahead. Naught can deform the human race like to the armor's iron brace. When gold and gems adorn the plow to peaceful arts, shall envy bow. This particular poem, by the way, some people thought they were just notes of William Blake. They were found. They were left unfinished and unpublished in it's in a manuscript, and they said they may have been intended simply as jottings from which several poems might later be drawn. But what's interesting there in the synchronicity, if you saw it, it talks about the very thing I just said, is when we're just focused on armor, right, and weaponry and things from the very beginning, that's what we were focused on as mankind, when that was the primary thing, that we were considering advancement. And recently I've been reading more about industrialization too, which is just so sad how that all came about. When that's our focus instead of our inward life, it's like not the best aspects of children. It's like childish behavior playing with very dangerous toys because the child wielding them is not mature. This is not the wonder-like aspect of a child. This is the childish, the part, you know, where the dysfunctional aspects. And is that vitality, by the way? Back to what vitality is. You could have a lot of energy in a battle. Sure. But that's not really vitality. Vitality is a deeper life force. It is life itself, but it's far deeper than just, oh, you know, stamina. Stamina running up a hill or something like that. When I talk of vitality, I'm talking about true wellness. Wellness in your life. Wellness in your culture, and for us to mature and to progress onwards, to make it, to be one of those planets that has a thriving species on it, it may not be indicated by a signal of any kind whatsoever. It may be indicated by consciousness because awareness and being awake and feeling and participating in that omnipresent place is something that could be shared across space and across time. There would be no boundaries and could be no boundaries in such a space. That is a state of being that is not some toy that is not a tool. It may help to have some tools to get you to that state of being. Some people, like I've seen, um, I was in a, a meeting 
um, where someone was using a rattle, shamanic approach. Um, in the old days, you know, any type of singing or chanting when you're reflecting can help get your mind into a more connected state, prayer. There are many ways. As those of you know who have listened to this program for a while, I am not an advocate of using any artificial substance because there are great dangers in that and we don't have the knowledge. There may be cultures who are able to do that within their culture or who have long ago had that knowledge. That's a, that's different. I do not advocate for and using any artificial substance to change your state of awareness because you don't need it. <laughs> you really don't. And there's a gentler place where we can be. Even though those higher states have their 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 gifts, they have tremendous danger to them as well. It's it's nothing to toy with. And far too many people um, want to toy with that. And it's not something I can recommend at all because I think that it's a dangerous place to be without, you know, that kind of societal maturity to foster those states of awareness. Does It does not exist, even though many of us have had emergence experiences where you can touch upon the, the visionary, where you can be in that space for a time. Even with that, they're not something to trifle with for anyone. And to me, the real gift is a grounded, steady awareness. And there's also the dream world that is available to us. In fact, I had a very powerful dream just last week um, where I was facing my fears and felt, you know, this powerful connection within the dream. I wanted to talk about another poem. This one has been discussed before on this show, and I turn to it again. William Wordsworth, who lived between 1770 and 1850. Even though it's not early spring here, it may be where you are approaching early spring if you're in a different part of the world. Lines written in early spring. This one I will read in its entirety. I heard a thousand blended notes while in a grove I sate reclined. In that sweet mood when pleasant thoughts bring sad thoughts to the mind, to her fair works did nature link the human soul that through me ran, and much it grieved my heart to think what man has made of man. Through primrose tufts in that green bower the periwinkle trailed its wreaths, and tis my faith that every flower enjoys the air it breathes. The birds around me hopped and played their thoughts I cannot measure, 
but the least motion which they made, it seemed a thrill of pleasure. The budding twigs spread out their fan to catch the breezy air, and I must think, do all I can, that there was pleasure there. If this belief from heaven be sent, if such be nature's holy plan, have I not reason to lament what man has made of man? This is a beautiful poem by Wordsworth and very relevant because it's really once again saying, where do we have our focus? Nature is a wonderful gateway into spirituality. In fact, that's a place where you could be not even awake to this being a spiritual experience and have an experience of nature, which is truly elevated. And he's speaking of how beauty is in this elevated place. And yet look at what humanity has done to one another. Look at how what man has done to man. And, you know, he doesn't say it here, but look what we've done to nature, too. We will rue the day, I sense, that we became an industrial society. But it happened a long time ago. We've been on that path for a very long time, and maybe we needed to learn that lesson as a species. Because that race ahead into things that truly have just utterly desecrated the planet and have placed it in total jeopardy as well because of the development of, you know, just horrendous types of weapons. Where has that advanced us? Where has that really helped us? It seemed to help. Look at all these things. Hey, I'm on the Internet. I'm on the blog talk radio here, which wouldn't exist at all if not for technology, right? But we're racing right into a wall. And that's the end of it. What good did it do? I become more and more a believer that if you're not mature enough, to handle that kind of advancement as a species, you're very likely not going to survive it unless there's a miracle, which is still possible. That's why we persist, those of us who are spiritual, to look for the ways that we could transform. But there could, be, there could come a point where you don't need any of these things. You don't need them. If you had the ability to be telepathic, your level of communication would change altogether and not as a hive mind. As individuals, each beautifully unique and to honor and see what the story of each person is. Developing compassion would have been well worth our time versus different fighting techniques. But we never got out of survival mode. We just kept. And then one vengeance led to another. And that's the way it works. Gosh, I really wish I could find 
this poem. I'm going to see, it's not a poem, a quote by Martin Luther King. Okay, I'm going to see if I can find, because it's just so important what he had to say um, about how vengeance and hate, they don't work. And yes, there's a very famous poem about, or not poem, although it can come across as very poetic, saying something he said about hate, which we've often heard, and for some reason, like, a lot of people know this poem. <laughs> I don't know why I keep saying poem, but it is poetic. It's not a poem, though. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Martin Luther King, Jr., Another famous quote, I have decided to stick to love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. Actually, there's some other really good quotes here, too. Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. Martin Luther King, Jr. So important. But the one that I'm looking for about vengeance, I have not found yet. Let's see. Try one more time. Huh. Actually, this is one that I haven't seen. I'll read it. Man must evolve for all human conflict a method which rejects revenge, aggression, and retaliation. The foundation of such a method is love, Martin Luther King, Jr. That's not what I was looking for, but it's also really good. And look at how we have to develop. We have to develop this. We have not worked on ourselves, and that's the key. And working on ourselves has to do with developing a society that has vitality, you know, you look at our culture, at our society, it may be really busy. You know, people are very running around all the time. It's changed a bit since COVID. But do you really feel vitality, vitality, that core, that center, that vibrance, that joy, true vitality? in our societies today? I don't think so. Some of us may be discovering that on our own path. That's wonderful. But there's something about it that's just rotten at the core, not at the center. Far too long we've pursued paths that are not productive, that will produce no harvest. In fact, limit or end whatever meager harvest there could be. Maybe we've developed these advanced ways of growing things, but we didn't develop a way of growing ourselves. We need to simplify and look again. We need to think about who we really are 
And yes, I really do encourage anyone out there who's feeling hatred towards anyone to reconsider that because it's showing up um, on multiple paths. It's not just in one place. It's usually related to fear or some skewed way of looking at the real center of people. If you really look at the hearts of people, you'll find things that are far better than perhaps some misconstrued notion that demonizes another person suggests. And we need to work on that as well. In fact, that may be the most important thing at all, but it it starts with each of us. Okay, I think I'm going to wrap up today's program. Thank you to those of you who are listening now in the podcast since we've been in that part of the program. And I just want to thank you for being here across time in that space of omnipresence. Your energy is here with me no matter where you are or when. We can do better. Every day, we can look within our own hearts and focus on our own development. And it can be as easy as going out into nature and contemplating the beauty. It's not always heavy lifting, though it can be. I encourage you to do that. Music, beauty. Think about your life. Do you feel vitality? If you're having a health challenge, do you open yourself to a miracle? Now, there comes a time when every soul will leave the planet, so if that time is near, then our only hope is to have a state of being that is at the absolute best that we could manage, that we are doing our best, as Don Miguel Ruiz has often said, in the moment, do your best. Are you doing your best? That best will change from day to day. You may not feel well, yet in your spirit you can feel it. When you have a connection to the spiritual path, even if we're dealing with a challenge, we all have challenges. We all have tests. We came here for that. But don't allow it to sap that center. You can return to it. Spirituality is an incredible gift when we're facing a challenge. I am so grateful that it's been in my life these recent years. And no matter what we face, we know that we have that, that which is the most important thing of all, that awareness 
of what that is. It's omnipresent love, the source of everything, a very personal creator, yes, that loves and values each of us and also a diversity of spirit. Can you even, we can't even conceive, look at how huge just this universe is and What of a multiverse, even on this planet alone? As I said before, go to a meadow. Even the diversity of life in a meadow is seemingly infinite. We can't even conceive how many unique expressions of creation there are. And you are one. You are a beloved, unique expression of creation. Even as you are connected to every other unique, beloved expression of creation. That's who we are. Value every bit of your journey and yourself. Don't allow someone to take that away. That's not ego. It's you. And you, authentic you, you are loved. Take care, everyone. I should be here next week. I plan to be. So um, once again, Saturday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time the live show, and FrontierBeyondFear.com is the website. Have a wonderful week.